welcome to another episode of the Weekly Regular. My name is Asan, and I am joined once again by Derek Nickel. What's up, Derek? What is going on, my man? Not much. Uh, it's uh, the holidays. It was Thanksgiving. Uh, we took a little bit of time off, but we're back here. Thanksgiving, we've seen movies and TV and football games and ate turkey and, and done all those things. But how was your Thanksgiving, Derek? Oh, mine was good. It was super low key. Um, okay. AJ and I just we we are kind of taking the holidays off this year and just mm-hmm. doing it just the two of us. Uh, nice. So yeah, so it's super nice. Uh, so it was super low key. Just made a turkey in the smoker and uh, made some mashed potatoes and a couple other sides and chowed down. Man, it was good. Watched. Uh, Watched some uh, Hallmark movies and uh, made fun of them, mm-hmm. and uh, it was generally a good time. Mm-hmm. How where, about you? Uh, Hallmark movies where a man tries to teach a woman the magic of Christmas uh, by way yeah. of his penis? Uh, yes, yes. Let me mm-hmm. show you the gift of the holidays through my penis. Yeah. <laughs> um, yep. Yeah, it's, I, I saw a tweet the other day that was really funny She's uh, where this girl was saying she likes to watch Hallmark movies backwards because then it's a woman mm. from a quiet, boring town moves to the big city and like, lives with all of her shoes. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that is fun. No, we watched the new, um, the new Lindsay Lohan Netflix one. Oh, okay. How it was that? It was cute. All right. It was cute. She did a good job, man. She's... I kind of hope that this is sort of her like comeback, you know, that she's not just the sad party girl anymore. You, you're hoping this is a uh, Lohanaissance? Lohanaissance, yes. <laughs> a Lindsay-sance. Um, I think Lohanaissance works it, huh? better. Lohanaissance. Uh, um, she's, so she's good in it, yeah? Yeah, yeah, she's good. I will say this for her. She can cry on cue. Really? Like, big tears. Well, like, it was go. impressive. There's a couple of scenes where I was just like, damn, girl, all right. Lindsay Lohan, like good doing for it you. Big, all right. It's cute. Watch it. It's fun. It's just. It's stupid. It's fun. It's meant to be watched and made fun of, right? Yeah. That plus there is. In, plus, if you do watch it, enjoy the Santa Claus character that goes nowhere, but we're but he's supposed to have some gravitas. Like AJ and I were talking, and we think that there's a whole second B plot that has this guy that's actually Santa, like running around doing miracles for people, but they completely cut it out, and he's only in the movie twice. But we're supposed to be like, oh, it's Santa. Like every time, <laughs> but it has, but it does no work to get you there. Mm-hmm. Oh, yep. it's so funny! Uh, it insists upon itself. It does. It insists. <laughs> yes, it insists upon itself. I like the money pit. <laughs> it's my answer. It's my answer. Um, well, that's cool. Uh, that yeah. sounds like a fun, low key uh, way to spend Thanksgiving. It was my it my was. Thanksgiving was was uh, slightly less low key, but still pretty low key for me. Um, I just went to um, my mom's, uh, and there was like a couple family members there, but it was really small and low-key cool. and intimate. Food was good, of course. Got to see my brother, hang out with him. That was fun. Um, and then I uh, stopped by uh, Drew Drew hosted Drew hosts every year at his mom's house. Mm-hmm. Um, he'll like cook and stuff like that. And like his mom was there, and Drew, and Charlie and Elaine and everybody. Oh, was cool! There. That sounds uh, fun. So that was a good time. We we sat we sat and hung out there for a little bit. Um, yeah, and that that was my Thanksgiving. Uh, it was a good time. Um, the Cowboys beat the Giants, which is great. Which I was going to say, um, happy Thanksgiving to you. Yes, thank you. To you and yours um, this holiday season. <laughs> yeah, exactly. From our house to yours. Um, yeah, it was good. Uh, it was a good cool. Thanksgiving. I, I can't complain. I got, I haven't been, um, 
I didn't get to watch as much stuff as I would have wanted to. I did. I did continue to watch. I'm almost caught up with Andor. I'm like okay. one episode behind, but okay. that show's great so God, far. It's so good. Um, it's more episodes than I thought it was going to be, which mm-hmm. is great. Mm-hmm. Um, and somehow there's like, not. An, it's there's there's a, more episodes than I thought there would be, and somehow not enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's also bigger in scope. Uh, these later episodes are much bigger in scope than I would have anticipated, and I'm mm-hmm. super into that. Um, you get your, you know, you get your TIE fighter fix. Um, you get, you know, there's, if you thought there were be no spaceships in this show, you were wrong. <laughs> oh yeah. There's a great spaceship, um, great space, little mini spaceship battle when, um, um, Stellan Skarsgård escapes. Yeah. Remember when that one, that mm-hmm. one tractor beam has him and he's just like, nope. <laughs> yeah. That was great. Uh, the also- Empire, please shut down your ship. He's like, oh, I'm not going to do that. Yeah, no. I love. Uh, I gotta say, uh, I I hope he gets um, some Emmy love for this mm-hmm. performance because I think he's doing. He's killing it. Um, I think uh, so like too. If he doesn't get a best supporting actor in a you know a limited series or whatever, I think this is a. It would be a great disappointment because I think Stellan Skarsgård is getting an opportunity. Like I think in his later years, uh, he's come. To, he's become an actor who kind of just shows up as a bit part for his gravitas and then leaves. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm thinking of him in like the Marvel universe and things like that. But mm-hmm. I think it's nice that, and I'm, I'm sure there's probably a little bit of quid pro quo in, in this arrangement, but they're really letting him shine and kind of do his thing. And there's yeah. sp- especially um, the first, uh, there's two uh, moments in his performance that really stand out to me. Uh, one is in an earlier episode when you first see him kind of do the switch between being sort of the rebellion mm-hmm. leader, shadowy leader guy, and but also being the sort of like eccentric, like collector sale, like rare item salesman guy. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and and you kind of watch the switch, and it's like he uh, like it's just really good. Like he's really good at that. He has such like a a comedic levity to him when he wants to, and then is very menacing when he wants to be. That's right. like really. I feel like it's really difficult to do that. <laughs> oh my gosh, yes, he's yeah. he transitions between those two things very, very mm-hmm. swiftly, and I like it mm-hmm. a lot. And then the other <laughs> moment was um, uh, a moment in one of the more in one of the later episodes where he kind of gives um, one of the one of the rebellion people is trying to quit, and he's like one of their rebel spies, and he's trying to quit, and mm-hmm. um, uh, Stellan Skarsgård gives a a, a speech about all that he's sacrificed to start this rebellion and stuff like that. And it's just, I mean, he's just, he's acting. He's like putting on a workshop. tearing (laughs) it up in in, in a good way too. Yeah. There's a lot of good acting going on in this Mm -hmm. show. Like a lot more than they're like, uh, this is going to sound like I'm being charitable, but I'm not uh, to, to other instances of the star Wars uh, lore. There's a lot, better acting than like needs to be in this show you know what i mean based on the track record of star wars stuff yeah you know what i mean that we've seen recently this show has Mm -hmm. restored my faith in what they can do with star wars yeah because it it was gone after the last after the last trilogy i was just like i don't care about star wars anymore like there's nothing Mm -hmm. you can do to like get me back into it and especially Mm obi-wan kenobi i didn't even finish that show i'm just like you know Mm-hmm. It's just they spin in the wheels and it's just nothing's happening. But this show really, every single move in the show has a purpose and a point that builds upon itself to like to to an eventual outcome to tell a story. And I think that and the way that they've done this is 
they've really paid attention to, I think they've listened to what Star Wars fans have really wanted, and they've started mm-hmm. to give them what they need. And what we need is not lightsabers and Jedi anymore. What we want is boots <laughs> right. on the ground. The normal people, like how did the rebellion start? Who's had to sacrifice? What did you have to sacrifice? Yeah, and the fact that it's, it, it, it's I think the, the best thing about it is is I think what you're hinting at is that like, it, Star Wars, it, the fact that it takes place in the Star Wars universe is merely like set dressing. It's, it's merely like a background. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It makes it easier to tell this story. Yeah. All of the drama and all of the, the emotional work that the show is doing has nothing to do with Star Wars. It's just they're just telling a compelling story right. about this, you know, uh, you know, fierce empire that is exerting its will on, a, on a, an oppressed people. And, you know, this handful of people who have decided to fight back. And it's it's really compelling. Like it's uh, it's uh, it's really good. I like it. I like a that. Lot. <laughs> le- I like the lesbian couple that's in it too. Uh-huh. Where there's the uh-huh. one that's super committed, and then there's the one that's the sister to um, yeah, 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 the senator, and she's kind of like half in, half out. Like she still yep. wants to have a relationship, and the other one's like, no, that comes after everything. That's like whatever is left after all of this is what you get. And I love that they're willing to explore sort of. The 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 more like there's no heroes in this show. Mm-mm. Like everyone's like morally like literally the protagonist of the show shoots people in the face multiple times. Like oh. like other characters, not just henchmen, but like people no. that in like a Marvel show would he matter. would never shoot them in the face. Yeah. People yeah, that exactly. would matter in a Marvel movie, he just shoots them, he just wastes them. <laughs> yeah, there are characters that like you would expect them to be like, Oh, okay, well they'll, they'll let them go because they're not they don't pose a threat anymore. And it's like no, I'm tying up loose ends. I'm going to shoot you in the face. Yeah, like he tied, that, you, you put it. You put it succinctly. He ties yeah. up loose ends, man. For sure, he watches his ass. Yeah, they're really willing to embrace sort of the gray area of what being in a, in a rebellion like that would be like. Because most of the people who are willing to abandon their lives and take on this empire are zealots. Like, oh, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, you have to be. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I, I like that they're leaning into that. Yeah, for sure. You have that. You have to be in the beginning. Yeah, because especially if we remember, this is like the rebellion before, like the Jedi and all the prophecy and stuff get involved. So these are just people who are like, I'm sick of having the government foot on my neck, and we're about to fucking go for this. You know yeah, what I mean? Exactly. Like, are you done with yeah. this? I'm done with this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what do you say we do something else now? <laughs> Let's um, do something drastic. Yeah. Uh, so I love it. I think it's yeah. really good. It's I love good. Uh, the cast is phenomenal. I love everything that's going on. Um, it's good. It's good stuff. No mention of any Jedi or Skywalkers or anything like that, and I'm just loving it. I know. Um, I love it. Yeah, and this and this is a context uh, where even like Senate hearings are interesting, <laughs> yeah. as opposed to the prequels. <laughs> yes, as opposed to Episode Two, where we learned mm-hmm. everything we needed to know about mm-hmm. how the Senate actually works. Um, yes. But no, but, uh, I... Yeah, I love it. Yeah, I love it. It's super good. I want to see more like this. I'm excited to see uh, ep- season two. Yeah. Because um, I think they're only doing two seasons. So I'm excited to okay. see season two, and then we'll get the intro- the um, the introduction of his droid friend from Rogue One. Yeah. And then, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah so I... Um, yeah, I think they're just... This show is, like, firing on all cylinders. Like, it looks great. They're like all the all these set pieces are executed really well. Um, it yeah, managed like, to take a couple of episodes where he was just stuck in prison and make them compelling, right? Um, and and I think the benefit that this show has, if this show has the benefit of hindsight because it is a prequel, it 
none of these characters have to show up again because they mm-hmm. don't. No. So anyone can die. Yeah. So like when they <laughs> and it's really crazy. Like when they made like their first when they f- basically were making their escape from that um that Aldani planet when they stole mm-hmm. all the money. Yeah. Like almost that entire team is killed. Like yeah. very quickly. And I'm like, oh wow, I guess they have they can do that. Because none of these yeah. characters there are come no back, stakes you know? for these characters. Like yeah. they don't owe mm-hmm. them anything yeah because they mean nothing to the star wars like you know world at large so it's like you can just kill them willy-nilly and not and make these big impactful sweeping moments you know with death Mm -hmm. and then also but like but i think that's you know i think that's kind of what we've been missing is important deaths like mcu when someone dies in the mcu outside of it being a henchman it matters right like there's a there's gravitas towards it Mm -hmm. they make the moment worth it Star mm-hmm. Wars, we the death that's there, it's just too much henchman-y stuff. Like, not, right. not, not that many... And I apologize. There's a giant truck that's just parked itself outside of my... Oh, uh, I can't hear it. It's okay, fine. good. Yeah. So I, I was apologizing to, the, to you and the listeners if you can uh, hear that. I don't think we'll hear it. Uh, I okay. think we'll be all right. I think they're doing wood chipping. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Which is great. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I apologize if there's some extra oh, audio it's, flavor it's to fine. my deal today. Um, anyway... Andor's awesome. Yep. Love that show. Can't wait to see more of it. Um, I would like to see more shows like this. Yes. That would be great. Um, is my is my answer. Is my I like the money pit. I like, I like the money Andor. pit is my answer. <laughs> I like Andor is my answer. Uh, this morning, uh, some breaking trailers I sent you. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a tra- <laughs> similar to uh, the Winnie the Pooh horror parody we just... Which, uh, those did guys. See, did you watch it? I haven't seen it yet, but okay, the guys gotcha. that did that movie just announced they're going to do a Bambi one. Oh, that's great! Yes. Bambi's Revenge. <laughs> Bambi's Revenge. Yeah, nice. Um, uh, similar You're... in that vein, there is a Grinch movie called The Mean One coming out. <laughs> yeah, and in the trailer, there's a line that's uttered, and I turned it off immediately after this line was uttered, and it was when the girl starts getting into shape like she's going to kill him. And then she goes, mm-hmm. she pumps, she racks around in a shotgun, and she goes, you're a dead one, Mr. Grinch. And I was like, I'm not here for this. <laughs> she has to say that, though. No, no, no she does not. <laughs> for this movie, for this level of B movie, yeah, she's got to say Are we that. calling this a B movie? Oh, yeah, it looks really low budget to me. No, no, no. I'm saying is this a B movie? It looks like a C or a D. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'll I'll, I'll grant you that. Yeah, like this is not – like B movie I think of as like Hot Rod or like, you know, something that has some money behind it, but it's got some marketing, you know, and it's Mm -hmm. it's got some good stuff to it. This is nothing. This is a like (laughs) – This this uh, almost looks like a student film. It does. It does look like a student film. Um. It looks crazy. Uh, essentially, the Grinch is a murderer, and a a woman who's now a woman, a grown adult woman who was a child, her mother was killed by the Grinch, and she's getting her revenge, basically. Yep. Yeah. And she starts training to kill the Grinch, and it's Cindy Lou Who, or maybe Cindy Lou. No, they're not. They're not Who's. Oh, they're not. Who's. They're, they're human beings. Oh, uh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah, they, they. That's one of the other reasons that I was like, oh, you couldn't just put like, and I guess it would have been way too expensive to put fake noses on everybody and turn them into who's. Sure, sure. Yeah. But for this movie, mm-hmm. but I go, okay. <laughs> um, I also sent you a trailer for a new um, multicam sitcom that is a reboot of. 
or I guess a sequel to that 70s show called yeah. That 90s Show. And it's a it. uh, it's Red Foreman and Kitty. They're both back, um, but they are they have taken in Eric's daughter, who is now uh-huh. a teenager. Uh-huh. And um and 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 all of her friends are now populating the basement. Got um, it. Well, good. I'm glad we still are going to get some Red Foreman action. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I, I'm. I think I'm going to have a tough time watching multicam sitcoms again. Yeah. Uh, just because I just feel like we're so far past that in the media landscape. Yeah, it's kind of an, but who knows? Maybe we are so far past it in the media landscape that mm-hmm. this will bring them back. Maybe because I will say, like this, the show looks fun, and I love Kitty and Red's dynamic uh, together. I think uh, it can work as like the foundation of a of it of a TV show, um, especially them dealing with like you know growing older and stuff like that. I think it could be fun. It's not going to be the same show as that '70s show, but that's fine. It's not supposed to be. No, um, it looks fine. It looks yeah. harmless. It looks fun. Um, they made hopefully it. Red says jackass a bunch of times, and we'll be good. <laughs> Dumbass. Dumbass. <laughs> Dumbass. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm into that. Um, There's going to be a lot of good just red staring down teenagers. Yeah, totally. Just like they're idiots, and I'm mm-hmm. really excited for that. Not because I think the teenagers are idiots, but because I just like Red Red Foreman's brand of just no-nonsense living. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, what uh, – so you sent me something about uh, – I guess Antonio Banderas. Said yeah, so about Antonio Tom Banderas Holland. has gone on gone on record saying that he wants to pass the torch to Tom Holland in a Zorro movie, <laughs> because Antonio Banderas knows that if he puts Tom Holland in a movie with him, he's going to make all the money. Yeah. So it's really not just. I just go. So you learned nothing from the last couple of years with like <laughs> Shang Chi and yeah. like how we want to see people of the same like yeah you yeah. know there's not background. one Latino actor you yeah, can think of there, we don't have a bunch of Latinx actors out there that would also be really good at Zorro that you could give a leg mm-hmm. up dude Anthony Hopkins passed the torch to you in Zorro it kind of helped make your career why don't you mm-hmm. do that to another Latinx actor instead of casting yeah. Tom Holland the Golden Boy of Hollywood right now. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's lazy. Uh, it's a lazy cash grab from Antonio Banderas, and I look at him and I say, "You sir can do better." Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, not a fan of Tom Holland as Zorro. If I'm being no, honest. Uh, <laughs> God no. That's a very weird choice. It's gonna be uh, a giant fat no for me. Very strange choice. Um, but yeah, Antonio Banderas just uh, sounds like he's just. Uh, that was sounds, the first name he thought of, and he was like, I'll go with that. Sounds like he's either prepping for a divorce or he's buying another house. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Maybe both. Maybe. Um, uh, did you uh, see that Dwayne Johnson said that WB didn't want Henry Cavill back as Superman, but he fought really hard and made it happen? I see. Yeah, I see that. Um, yeah, I wonder what Warner Brothers thought process. I mean, if I had to guess, I think Warner Brothers thought process was, was like, let's just do a hard reset with all these characters. Just start over, um, keep going with this Robert Pattinson thing. It's kind of working, and we'll see. Just see what comes. Uh, but I think that yeah, The Rock had uh, other ideas about what he saw, and I get it. Um, I get The Rock's point of view. I get Warner Brothers' point of view. We'll ultimately see uh, where what direction right. they end up going in. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. see who we'll right. probably never know what. We'll probably never know 
what the like Warner Brothers original plan was in, for right. all of this because it just it's not the direction they're going in anymore, and the well, people who had those ideas are are seem to not be working there anymore. This so. is, yeah, true. Because I was going to say this is also the Warner Brothers that was owned by Discovery before James right. Gunn got you know got promoted. Right. So you have this is like the antiquated way of doing it. So it's like. I wonder if they didn't have a if they were just like reboot everything because they didn't have a plan, mm-hmm. and then they were just waiting to hire their new CEO, which mm-hmm. looks like the case. So, I don't know. Whatever. Henry Cable's back. I like him. Yeah, he's great. I think he's a good Superman. Uh, we haven't really gotten a, a movie with that has given him a chance to just be Superman. Uh, right. So uh, I'm looking forward to that as well. Um, what is Cocaine Bear? Oh, my friend. I need to look up this. Uh, so, Cocaine Bear is a horror movie coming from Elizabeth Smart. Let me see. Elizabeth Banks, excuse me. And Phil yep. Lord and Chris Miller. Okay. And Cocaine Bear. Here we go. It has its own Wikipedia article. <clears throat> uh, black comedy thriller film. Uh... Oh, and it also stars Ray Liotta in his final performance. Oh, okay. It's got Jesse Tiger, Tyler Ferguson in it, uh, Matthew Reese from um, um, he's from a bunch of stuff, but he's in he's um, that detective show on HBO. I like to watch. I can't remember what it is. Um, True Detective? No, not True Detective. I love True Detective. No, no, uh, Perry Mason. Oh, Perry Mason. Yeah, gotcha. he's Perry okay. Mason. Um, cool. Okay, so in a Kentucky forest, an American black bear goes on a murderous rampage after unintentionally ingesting cocaine. Oh, my goodness. That, that actually happened. hilarious. That sounds crazy. That and actually hilarious. happened. And they're making, a, they're making a dark comedy about it. Oh, that's great. It's going to be good. That's so crazy. All right. I know. How nuts is that? Yeah, I'm into that. That's cool. Let's see. Let's see that for sure. Um, did you, by any chance, get a, ch- a chance to watch the Guardians Christmas special? I did. I watched it last night. Oh, cool! I, so I started it uh, way too late one night and fell asleep. Um, wow! How late the, was it? It's only forty-two minutes. Yeah, it was. It was pretty late. Um, I think I got about halfway through it. I got okay. to the point basically where the last thing I remember was uh, Mantis and. Drax had ju- had like just broken into Kevin Bacon's house. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So I was about 15 20 minutes in. I would imagine that it is gets, It stays about the same level of fun throughout the entire okay, deal. Yeah, cool. it's a good time. It doesn't go down. It's got some fun surprises and some fun Great. easter egg jokes and, you know. Cool. Um Yeah, it's good. Cool. Yeah, I I totally uh I I was liking I was digging the aesthetic of it. Um, obviously, it looks different than like what a Guardians of the Galaxy movie would look like. Like, right. it, but I think that's intentional. Like, it felt like it was supposed to look like the the Star Wars Christmas specials and stuff from right. back in the day. Right. Um, like, I love the the like guy in the suit Groot. <laughs> I thought yeah. that was cool. <laughs> um, yeah, all that stuff. Like the fact that like it's clearly just like when they're doing like the, that like. That planet that they're on, where like everyone is sort of congregating, it's clearly just like it's nowhere. It's, like it's that one, giant. It's one's, yeah, 
it's clearly just like one set that they like built yeah. for this, and we're one like one big set they built, yeah. and they filmed it from like four different a big set they could film from like four or five different angles, yeah, to make for sure. it look bigger. Yeah, I, I like I liked it so far. I'm I'm gonna finish it and I'll I'll give my thoughts uh, about it as a whole next week. But I like it. I like it so far. It's funny. I thought it's fun. It was, it's good. Um, speaking of other Guardians of the Galaxy stuff, have you seen the little Groot shorts? The I am Groot. I have not yet. Shorts. You should watch those. There's like okay through four of them. They're only five minutes long. They're fun. They're cute. They're animated. Yeah, they're they're all CGI. Okay. Yeah, Great. they're cute. It's like little baby okay. Groot as he like starts to grow out of his like so from the cut you know the cutling where he's like planted mm-hmm. the first ones where he grows his feet and then oh, okay. the, and then it's kind of him getting bigger as he goes. Gotcha. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Okay, it's a good time. I'm into that. Uh, apparently, there was a an unmade Bruce Almighty sequel where Jim Carrey plays Satan. Yeah, which doesn't <laughs> or make sense has because, Satan's powers, <laughs> which doesn't make sense because he was God. I know. Why would like? What would be the setup of him? I guess he would. I mean, if he took the same character, it's like, oh, I promise I'll sell my soul or whatever. And then, uh, I guess. To, uh, to resurrect an undead Jennifer Aniston? Oh. So, Jennifer Aniston. She, is she the love interest in the first one? Yeah, so she's his girlfriend, fiance in the first one. Okay. So I could see that. Then she dies somehow, and he's like, I just want to bring her back. I'd sell my soul to bring her back, and the devil gives him his power. The devil appears and just like, hello. Yeah. Who would you cast as the devil in that part? Well, this one was saying that Bruce Almighty creator, so it would have been Jim Carrey as Satan. So Jim Carrey would have made a pact with Satan to to get Jennifer Aniston back, and then it would have made him the devil. So Bruce Almighty would have been tempted by Jim Carrey. It's weird. So Jim Carrey is the devil. So it's not Jim Carrey being tempted by the devil. Oh no! This one says, "This in the in the this one says uh, maybe I, maybe I read it wrong, but it says uh, it almost had a third movie in the franchise where Jim Carrey's character took on the powers of Satan, right? To resurrect, so an undead it would have been the same situation as Bruce Almighty, where right. Satan's but, on vacation and Bruce right. is Satan for that little. But you know how like Morgan Freeman shows up as God and is yeah, like yeah 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 like true. who would who would be that devil? You that know what devil, I mean? true. Uh, ooh, um, hold on." It could be funny and also like uh, some kind of commentary. Steve Coogan. If it is also Morgan Freeman. <laughs> that also would be great. Yeah. I think Steve um, Coogan would make a Steve great Steve Coogan devil. would be very funny. <laughs> Jack Black would be very funny. Jack Black would also be. He'd be more like the as more like a heavy metal Satan. Yeah, that'd be great. Just like, right out! Yeah. You, you got to get. You can handle my powers, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Watch this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> This is the type of crap I got to deal with, bro. <laughs> and it's just demons. <laughs> Dave Grohl is a demon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just back his Jack because he's you know he's the drummer for Tenacious D. Mm-hmm. So it'd be great if you had Tenacious D in it, and then just have Dave Grohl as a demon drummer. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be sick. I think, especially if if that movie had been made like when these movies were popular, like that was like the heyday mm-hmm. of like tenacious D like oh, the yeah. sort of the mid two thousands. Yep. Like that would have been great. <laughs> that would have been awesome. Oh Jack man. That would have been the devil would have been great. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that's a, that's not a bad idea for a, uh, for a Bruce almighty sequel at all. I'd watch that. Um, I'd watch it too. Um, um, we had a mic drop moment from Simu Liu uh, mm-hmm. with Quentin Tarantino talking about representation in film, but more so talking about like 
he was commenting on how Quentin Tarantino and some of these other auteurs like Martin Scorsese and stuff like talk shit on like Marvel movies and uh I don't think Tarantino's ever talked shit directly about Marvel movies how but he has said like this era of film is whack and like he uh I'm trying to remember what he said um He's also he was, a white guy that thinks that he can say the N-word. So, like, that's I'm true. not really going to trust what Quentin Tarantino says. Right. Uh, yeah, and he, he Quentin Tarantino was basically like, you know, uh, he doesn't necessarily shit on, like, Marvel movies themselves, but he does make the point, like, uh, I remember he, I was watching a late-night interview, and he was like, well, he was responding to what Scorsese was saying about Marvel movies. He's like, hey, Scorsese's an old man. Like, he's not going to be into Ant-Man versus the Wasp. Right. Um, with, with like a very like sort of dismissive tone, and Simu Liu basically like responded on behalf of like Marvel actors. Well, I would say like everyone that. that doesn't think the way that Quentin Tarantino and Martin yeah. Scorsese do, the people that actually like this stuff, yeah, yeah. And he was basically basically to the tune of like, "Hey man, um, sure, everyone loves Scorsese movies, everyone loves Tarantino movies. I love the golden era of Hollywood too." Um, but, uh, let's not forget that it was a very like white and by white, he means a very exclusionary, Mm -hmm. um, era of filmmaking. And that if it weren't for and he makes a point that if it weren't for Marvel and it weren't for Shang-Chi, like he, you know, he may have never been able to play a part like that. Um, and so he's, you know, he's thankful for the opportunities that these big four quadrant movies allow for representation and stuff like that, which is a a valid point. That's very Um, good. Because if you're Martin Scorsese. I like the fact Sorry, that he's not afraid to like clap back at people. Yeah, no, he's he, yeah, he's great for that. Most of the other like <laughs> big name, uh, uh, you know, superhero actors don't even uh, address any of this kind of stuff. But well, he's, I also he's, think he's it's too be because at at some point when you become a Marvel actor, yeah. you've become, you've hit above in the stratosphere. Yeah. Like you're what everybody wants to be. So why respond? You know. Like if they can do- like I don't know if I would respond if I was a Marvel actor. I think I'd just be like, ah, oh, well, that's just their opinion, and I think they're wrong. But whatever, we'll leave it. And then Simu Liu comes out, and he's just like, nah, dog. <laughs> I'm like, yay. Yeah, no, he's a real one. He's good. I like him. Uh, Chris Hemsworth says the next Thor movie could be the character's finale, and this is interesting, especially after his "I'll play Thor forever" statement that was that came out a couple of months ago. True. Although, I don't know if you saw that thing about him discovering that he has that yeah. Alzheimer's Oh, thing. I get that. So I'm sure that that plays into this a little bit. Oh, yeah. Um, and, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. Um, I, I perfect, I'm I perfectly fine with him retiring as Thor. Uh, I think he was a great Thor. I think he was um, a great but, Thor. But, like, I, I think the... Um, that character in that in- incarnation has kind of run its course for me. Mm-hmm. I think we so, need one one good one, one more yeah. good dark, serious, like hefty one with Thor, mm-hmm. and then we'll and then we can be done. Don't mm-hmm. make it a family friendly romp. Make it something dark. Turn him into King Thor. Give yeah. him, you know, d- and make the villain actually scary. Yep, I'm into it. Bring back Malekith from uh, Dark World. <laughs> Dark World? Dude, I think Marvel a, wants to pretend great... that movie No, no, they want to pretend that movie didn't exist. But I'm saying you yeah. could take Malekith and turn yeah. him into something different. Because he's a great Thor villain, mm-hmm. but they didn't utilize him properly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah, I, w- I want to see Thor do more like... Just get him off Earth and like get him to like... I don't know, like just explore more of that, like Nor, like pseudo Norse space, you know, 
stuff. Like do that. And see, that's More what of that. God. Of, that's what Love and Thunder should have been. His road trip right. to find himself should have been that. God, that movie was a waste. It probably would have been more of that if it weren't for COVID. <laughs> True. Uh, I'm cu- I'm cutting that movie in particular a lot of slack because I know they were making that like during the brunt of COVID. Like they were shooting that in like 2020, I believe. Mm-hmm. And so it's like there's really not much. There. I mean, I'm sure they had to change that drastically. But uh, that being said, it is a terrible movie. Um, yeah. I was going to say, like, I cut it slack, too, but it's still a terrible film. Like, it's yeah, bad enough sure. to where the slack that I give it doesn't extend far enough to make it, like, mm-hmm. acceptable. Yeah. It was basically um, a giant fuck you to the fans. Yeah, they should have just... Uh, hold. Uh, yeah, put it on hold. Um, yeah. But they made the decision not to, and we got what we got. Um, yep. This is an interesting stat. Uh, Avatar The Way of Water needs to be the third or fourth highest grossing film ever to profit. No pressure. Um, yeah, exactly. Um, and I love that uh, James Cameron has been interviewed about this, and he, he's completely candid about it. Like, yo, these movies are crazy expensive. <laughs> yeah. Because, I mean, who does he have to, like, save face for? He's made the, the top grossing movies of all time multiple times. Yeah, you know exactly. I mean? <laughs> so he's like, uh, yeah, so they cost a lot of money. So what? Let's see if he uh, can do a repeat. I know. Let's see. Um, I think Avatar Way of Water is going to make a ton of money. I don't know if it will be one of... I mean, it could be one of the top grossing movies of all time. It could be in the top five for sure. Here's... Um, I'm hedging my bets with this one. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's enough of a contingency. Like, I don't... Like, I'll be honest. I like movies, and I'm not really mm-hmm. interested in this movie. Mm-hmm. Like, this, the Avatar thing, it's been too long since it happened. I don't care about it. It hasn't... Mm-hmm. Like, it didn't make enough of a splash when it first came out to like make me want to see it like i haven't watched it in watched the first one in mm-hmm. eight years maybe mm-hmm. but like i think yeah i think this movie's gonna live and die on the the, the reactions i think, I think um, so once it comes out if all the reviews are like you have to see this movie it's very very Dinner very will, good yeah i think it'll do well yeah, because I think a lot of people are going to be are going to be looking for that. They're going to be like, "Well, is it like worth seeing again?" Like I saw the first one, um, but if the reviews are like, "That's eh, all right, you don't need to run out and see it," then I think it's going to do very badly. <laughs> right. I think no matter way, no matter how you slice it, the the marketing for the merchandising that's going to make mm-hmm. its money. Sure. Yeah. But I just don't 100%. know if the yeah. box office is going to be what they want it to be, just because mm-hmm. you've waited so long to do this, and then you're also putting gravitas to characters that we've only been on one outing with, and that was back in 2008. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like, yeah. what, like, what is there to keep us coming back? I know. We'll see. That's part. There of hasn't the been of a TV show. Like they didn't make like an animated series. There wasn't mm-hmm. anything between there now and then that was significant enough to like mm-hmm. keep us in the world of Avatar. So we've had this one movie that came out in two. I think James Cameron, if it if it does not work, I think James Cameron's going to be very confused and do that old white man thing where he gets angry at society, like Quentin Tarantino, and Martin Scorsese <laughs> have about like uh-huh. I'm not relevant anymore. It's like you're right. Yeah. Like you're correct. Yeah. Like the 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 studio like the system doesn't work the way it used to back when you were making movies, you know what yeah. I mean? Like it's changed, it's modified. You have yeah. to keep us in the world for us to want to keep seeing it. Yeah, um, Cameron was quoted saying that like the right now the plan is if this movie is not profitable, they just are not even gonna do the other Get two close because to the other it's two. Like, yeah, I think that's it's smart. Like, it's it's just not worth the money, and I think that's I think it's cool that he understands that and is not like. 
being petty about it because like look man we can't if these movies don't make money we can't make them they're way too expensive they're far too expensive to not to have like a mediocre deal mm -hmm. um okay what else do we got um did we talk about the blade director last week or no we have not talked about the blade director we've had we've had two weeks off Okay, good. Uh, so we can talk about that. So the Blade movie that has been it has been experiencing some development hiccups and they lost their director, all that kind of thing, um, has hired a director. They hired a director who worked on Lovecraft, Lovecraft Country, which I watched the first couple episodes. Did you watch the whole run? I watched the whole run. Okay. It was good. It was good. Yeah, it I enjoyed it. it. It had its problems, right? Yeah. But I liked the tone of it. The tone was cool. And the mm-hmm. anthology kind of weirdness to it made it cool as well. Yeah, and and I think all like a lot of the the set pieces were really good. Mm-hmm. I remember like a car chase pretty early on that was memorable. Well, there's that terrifying episode where the, where they have the, where they go into the sundown. The sundown town, yeah. Dude. Yeah. I was remember watching that. And that was the time, that was the minute that I was educated about sundown laws. Uh-huh. That was a real rough day for me. <laughs> yeah like i was like and not just because it's like it's just a whole like how on earth like this isn't the right podcast to talk about this but like <laughs> no it's fine but like good lord like how yeah. on earth can you behave like that like you're gonna kill you're or how how is it legal to behave like that it, it seems so alien to us now that Dude. it's like it's crazy that it wasn't it's not even that long ago like, no. <laughs> that's, that's what's what made crazy me cringe i was like it wasn't like this was not that far off ago like we shouldn't. This should not be a thing that happened. This should be something that happened back in the Civil War. This should not be something that happened in like right. the fifties and forties. Like get out of here. And yeah. And I'm sure. And I'm sure still happens to this day. Yeah. There's a yeah. You know, like in those tiny towns that need to be forgotten by time. Yeah. That are just way yep. down there in the bayou. Yep. Um. So yeah, um, the movie is still slated to come out September of 2024. Um, they got a new director uh, from Lovecraft Country who directed the pilot. Um, so if you want reference for the director's uh, uh, skill set, you can watch the pilot of Lovecraft, Lovecraft Country, which is a great pilot. Um, it is. And Michael Starbury, who wrote uh, When They See Us, will will be writing a new script for the movie. When so, They See Us. I haven't seen that, so we'll see. Haven't either. I'm looking it up. Okay. Five teens from Harlem become trapped in a nightmare when they're falsely accused of a brutal attack in Central Park based on a true story. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so yeah. that was the movie about the Central Park Five. Yeah, okay. Central Park yeah. Five. Yeah, okay. Gotcha. Okay, yeah. Well, I'm into it. Um, uh, I haven't seen that movie, but I'm sure it's uh, a tension machine. So like, uh, and I I will love to see a Blade movie that has a bunch of tension in it. So uh, yeah, I think uh, this I'm tr- I'm sure Marvel knows what they're doing in in terms of hiring screenwriters. So yeah, sounds good to me. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited to see it, uh, and hopefully this will mean that with the tone of Lovecraft Country and sort of the darker tone of When They See Us, um, you know, mm-hmm. maybe hopefully this will mean that we'll get some. This will be a little bit darker. Maybe we'll see a little bit more darker than Multiverse of Madness in this, which would be great. That would be that would be great. Yeah, I think Blade I just want to see real scary vampires. Yeah, not yeah. glittery vampires. Nothing that takes the vampire into anything new. I just want to see standard 
cannon fodder vampires that are evil that I don't feel bad about when he cuts their heads off. Yeah, like you really like this is an opportunity. This is like an unprecedented opportunity for Marvel in a lot of ways because the 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 layout for how to make this a successful movie has already been established. Mm-hmm. Like there's They've the first Blade, Blade movie and it was yeah. and it was successful. <laughs> yeah, like so really the groundwork has been laid. You don't have to reinvent the wheel at all. You just got to slap some new paint on it and you know give it a newer interior and there you, there you go. You know Put what I mean? Put some makeup on it and trot it out. Yeah, ex- exactly. Um, so I like I hope they lean into the the original and like really take you know a page from that book because it, they pe- people who are excited about Blade are I would imagine are mostly excited because they've seen and loved the first one. So like don't stray yeah. too far from that. There's you know the what I mean? older fans that have seen the originals and love the originals. There's yep. the fans that are just fans of Mahershala Ali. Mm-hmm. I hope I pronounced that correctly. I always feel like I'm not doing justice to. Yeah, I, I, I've always heard. I've never heard him say it, but I've always heard it. Yeah, that's the problem. Mahar- I've never yeah. heard him say it. I've only heard other people say it, and it fills me with so much anxiety because I know on some level I'm getting it wrong. <laughs> yeah, I always hear Mahershala. Mahershala, so I, and, I, and I've never heard him say it. So I guess I'll look that up after this. But uh, I'm trying to fancy yeah. it up. But Mahershala, okay, we'll I, go that, with Mahershala. That, I always hear Mahershala. Yeah, Mahershala Ali. Okay, that's mm-hmm. fine. I just wanted to be on the right, you know, on the right side of no, things. No, you're fine. Because I've yeah, only I'm, seen it in print, and I've only heard other people say it. I've never heard him say it. So I'm like, what is? I don't know. Um. But yeah, so you've got fans of him, you've got fans of the original Blade trilogy, you've got, and then you have new fans that are just fans of Marvel that just want to see what's coming out. So you have this trifecta that's kind of, I don't know, I think they should listen to the older fans. Yeah, The fans I agree. of the original Blade. I think that they, I think that's, that would be smart if they really want this thing to succeed. Just listen to us and we'll tell you exactly what we want to see and what you should mm-hmm. put into it and it will be a success. Yeah, I agree. Um, oh, shoot. This is interesting news. Um, so Amazon is officially ordering multiple Sony slash Marvel TV shows, mm-hmm. which is very interesting to me, um, given uh, the relationship that Marvel and Sony have. Uh, so this is from Screen Thrill. This says... Uh, Silk Spider Society will kick off the slate and will be produced by Phil Lord and Chris Miller from the Spider-Verse fame. The Walking Dead's Angela Kang will be producing. Um, it's interesting that Amazon is... It's, it's interesting that Amazon wants to distribute um, Sony slash Marvel by way of Sony properties. It is interesting that Sony is interested in, allow, in allowing that to happen. Um... And I think it it, it 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 sets an interesting precedent going forward about the structure of streaming services. Mm-hmm. Because from what I understand, Sony owns the rights to these Spider-Man characters um, and can do with them whatever they want to. Right. Um, but they have agreed to loan Spider-Man. And I think that agreement is over now. But they made an agreement to loan Spider-Man to Marvel for a certain number of movies. I think it was maybe five projects or mm-hmm. something like that. Um, they would loan the character of Spider-Man to Marvel. And then in turn, Marvel would co-produce the Spider-Man movies with Sony. But Sony still owns all the, the, like the film and TV rights to, right. these, these, Marvel char- or right. to these Spider-Man characters. So it is interesting 
uh, to this point, Sony has done their own distribution uh, cinematically. Um, right. And then their properties in terms of streaming have gone to other places once they're on like in video on demand and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. They've gone to Disney. They've gone to other places. It's interesting that Sony is now getting into the, sh- the direct to streaming game yeah. and they're doing it by way of Amazon. That's right. very interesting to me, at least for these Marvel things. Right. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how this works out and kind of what the landscape of, of, of Sony's like character usage and how they navigate that with Marvel. Yeah, I think it's it's so I'm I'm kind of a, of two minds about the decision. One, I think it's a smart decision because Sony does not need to be in the business of creating their own streaming platform. No, no, they do <laughs> I don't. Not. I don't think enough. they have nearly enough uh, content to justify people signing up. And I think uh, they know that too. Yes, they do know that. Um, and so it is interesting that they've chosen to to court Amazon in this process. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if like. There's not obviously that information is not available in this particular article about like did Amazon reach out and say hey we would like to do release some Spider-Man stuff uh, or if they've courted several of they've courted a bunch of different streaming platforms mm-hmm. um because I mean obviously Disney seems like the most logical but I don't know if that was even a conversation so it, it is interesting that Amazon is the one and I, I I'm interested to see how the marketing side of this goes and if it really truly matters because to me as and i'm sure to you too as as people who pay attention to this kind of stuff we're watching a sony movie about marvel characters streaming on amazon is a very like convoluted delivery system yeah especially when disney is the marvel delivery system (laughs) right so like will this confuse audiences or do they just not care and wherever it's streaming they'll just watch it what do you think don't know um it's it's especially the fact that they that's the baffling thing like why did they go with amazon why did they not partner with disney on this because they already have the marvel connection so what about this is like what about this is a more lucrative deal for them because at the end of the day it comes down to money right so like what about this is a better deal for them how does this get them more eyes on like what about this would get them more eyes unless they're planning on going more adult content with it yeah, maybe, maybe that's maybe that has something to do with it. Maybe the 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 the, the nature of the content had something to do with the decision. Yeah, um, I honestly think it might have been a thing where I can I could see I can imagine a world where Disney would not necessarily be interested uh, in in paying the what um, whatever because I'm sure Amazon paid a pretty penny. Oh yes, uh, for the rights to stream these these shows. So I'm sure Disney. I, I can imagine a world. It doesn't sound crazy to me where Disney's like, ah, oh, we don't think it's worth it. Yeah, um, right. You know what I mean? Like, like totally. Like I could totally see them being like, look, we have a bunch of content on our streaming service. It's doing great. We're putting new stuff out every day. We don't necessarily need to buy these uh, Spider-Man shows from you. Let it, let Amazon have those. I could totally see that being a thing. It also might be one of those things that they were trying to sell it to Disney, and Disney didn't, and Marvel didn't want that. Have to figure out how to work those shows into the phases. True, because they're already yeah. doing their own thing, and Sony's just going to out there You're just being like, right. "I'm just going to do whatever I want." Yeah, exactly. It's like, well, you also understand that you're beholden to this timeline that this other company has created because they're doing it better than you. Hmm. It is interesting. I mean, Amazon is now becoming bigger um, now that they've made this partnership. Because I, I think if if these Sony produced. Uh, products for Amazon do well. I could see that partnership growing, and then it's oh, just... for sure. <laughs> and now Amazon becomes even bigger. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> a platform. 
Speaking of big things and big moves and just big uh-huh. projects, should we talk about the subject of today? Sure, let's do it. Let's launch into it. Well, we saw what Black Panther Wakanda Forever together. We sure did. We sure did. You Which came was, up to uh, to L.A. and we I went and did. saw it at Which the historic uh, uh, TCL, I believe it's called right now. Is it now. TCL TC- now? I think it's TCL Theaters, but uh, back in the day, historically known as Man's Chinese Theater. It was before that, it was Grauman's. And then Grauman's Chinese Theater, yep. Um, we went uh, right on Hollywood Boulevard um, with all the super fans, and it was uh, on a giant screen, and it was great. It was exactly um, how I wanted to see this movie. Yep, I exactly. wanted to see it with fans. I wanted to mm-hmm. see it opening weekend. I wanted to see it, you know, on a big screen, mm-hmm. and we got all of that. And it was a good crowd. It was a good crowd. Um, rowdy in the right ways, and yes. not in any of the wrong ways, which was no. great. <laughs> big cheers where they needed to be, hushed and yeah. shocked awe where it needed to happen. It was a good yep. crowd. They responded yeah. correctly. People were muttering to themselves little secrets from Marvel. I heard like yeah. while I was going to the bathroom. It was good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was <laughs> great. Like, it was a great crowd to see that movie with. We saw it op- late. Thursday night, right? Yeah, we saw late. late we saw yeah, opening late night. Thursday. Yeah. yeah, opening night, late Thursday 10, showing. What ten, ten thirty, something like that. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh, so, what what were your uh, thoughts going into the movie? What were your expectations? Were you expecting it to be good? Did the trailers work for you? Oh, the trailers did. The trailers did a lot for me. I okay. knew I was going to like this movie. I didn't anticipate uh-huh. how much I was going to really enjoy this movie right. because I was. Uh, I was worried that the death of Chadwick Boseman would overshadow the rest of this film, which it does, mm-hmm. but they do it in a very honorable way. Mm-hmm. I thought it was going to be a little bit tawdry and cheap. They did not. It's very an homage to the character of Chadwick Boseman. Um, very, um, very gentle with how they use his memory in the movie and mm-hmm. um I thought that was and that to me was the biggest thing going in. I was like I really hope they they need to honor him right. And they did. They did it right. And I think Letitia Wright did a really good job of you know her and Angela Bassett of, you know, that push and pull of how do you get over the death of a major loved one and especially when that loved one creates a giant vacuum in your life and like how do you fill that you know, fill the void, you know, or at least be at peace with the void that it creates. Mm-hmm. And the, you know, the the topics of the movie that the movie covered of, you know, loss and pride and, you know, um, just dealing with death and grief and, and at the end rebuilding, um, mm-hmm. I thought it was all very well done and it, um, it didn't surprise me, but it, it impressed me. Like mm-hmm. it doesn't surprise me because I know what Ryan Coogler can do. So I would say I was just more impressed more so by the movie and how it was able to pack so much into its message in its runtime, but also still be a wildly entertaining film. Mm-hmm. So that's that's how I felt about it. How about you? Yeah, um, coming into the movie, I was um, oh, super excited for it. Um, as, after seeing the first trailer and uh, and all of that, I was like, there's no way... This movie is not. There's no way this movie is bad. Um, was my thought after right. seeing the trailer. Um, I was excited for it. I didn't know how well it was going to be able to execute all of the the changes. Um, that was my biggest concern going in. I think that was a concern a lot of people had. Sure. Um, that being said, I really I enjoyed the movie. Um, 
I have some issues with it, um, but the issues I have with it, none of them are in, uh, none of them are uh, issues that cause me to not enjoy the movie, and none of them are issues that have really anything to do with like the quality of like of the craft that everyone showed up to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in that respect, the movie is pretty flawless. Um, the CGI yeah. is pretty remarkable throughout. Oh, it's um, the really set good. pieces are all really great. The acting is phenomenal. Um, I think most of the issues for me lie in simply the movie trying to do more than I think is possible for a movie. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. Let's talk about um, that. Yeah, we can talk about that. But I, yeah, all in all, I enjoyed the movie. Um, I did. I don't think it's a better movie than the first one. Um, but I enjoy them. I, I'm not going to say I enjoy one more than the other because I think I enjoy them for different reasons. Yeah, um, they're different movies. They're way this, different movies. This one is totally this different. This one's a sequel, but it's not exactly a sequel. Yeah, and this one's not really a. It's not really a superhero movie. No, it's not. Um, it kind of becomes one for the past, for like the last 20 minutes, but it's yeah. not really a superhero movie. No, it's about how to deal with loss and grief. Yeah, it's a family drama essentially. It's like we're watching The Crown or something. It's like one of those. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, um, that being said, I, I enjoyed it. Uh, I, I thought, yeah, I thought it was great. Um, but, yeah, we, we can get into um, some of the things I had an issue with if you want. Yeah, let's do that. Um, oh, man. That will so, probably jog my memory for what I had problems with as well. Yeah, so overall, I think, the, so I think this movie was trying to do a bit too much. Um, there were certain things that the movie needed to do. It needed to address the death of, of Chadwick, Mo- Chadwick Boseman, or at the very least, address the death of T'Challa or why T'Challa is not around. Um, the second thing it, this movie is trying to do is to create a new Black Panther. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also trying to introduce a villain in Namor. And it's also trying to like set up things for the future like that have... Some things that have nothing to do with this particular story or movie. Um, And and then uh, the last layer, I will say it's trying to do a sort of commentary on imperialism and um, colonialism Mm -hmm. and and, and all of that. It's continuing that conversation from the first movie. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's doing those like six things. And I think it really should have chosen three of them. And gone with those because I think it's trying to do all of them, and I think um, be- because it's trying to do all of them, it suffers in two ways. One, the movie's too long. Uh, <laughs> like I agree, I will it- I will sit through a three hour movie, but this the story they're trying to tell here doesn't have to be three hours or doesn't have to be as long as the movie. I think it was like two hours and forty minutes. It doesn't have to be that long if you tighten up the story in, in, in right. some in some ways that matter to me. Yeah, the runtime um, for me was a little bit it was a little bit too much. Yeah, it was a little long. And then two, the storytelling is it kind of when you're trying to do so much in a movie and cut between all of these things, some of which have nothing to do with the other, the the story doesn't feel as focused as you would like a movie about the 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 rising up of a new hero to replace a fallen hero should, like you would want that to be right um cuz this should just be shuri's journey from jaded um jaded member of this royal family who after the loss of her beloved brother and leader 
is kind of jaded and skeptical and, and cynical about all of it, the traditions, right. the religion, the role of the Black Panther, all of that. It should be her journey from that through realizing that uh, the need for a protector, the need for someone to look up to, the need for a hero, the need for a Black Panther is bigger than their pain. It's bigger than the loss of T'Challa. It's bigger than all of that. And then her rising up to accept the role as Black Panther. Right. Um that's the story that they're trying to tell, but there's so much else going oh, yeah. on that like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they get pulled like five different directions. Like, dude, every time they cut to Julia Louis Dreyfus and uh, what's his name? Oh, I'm yeah. just like, why uh, is this in the Martin movie? Martin Freeman. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. Like, I was like, why is this in the movie? <laughs> like, why these characters? Like, they it, it so shoehorned in and like distracting. Um, I, as much as I love. As much as I love the idea of Ironheart and 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 that character and you what they're going to do her. with that character, you this movie does not need that character. Um, it, it doesn't need that character, and I also found it cheapens Shuri's like power set. Like she shouldn't yes. need if she's Black Panther, she shouldn't need. It's Black right. Panther. It's a Black Panther suit. Like yep. you wouldn't, you shouldn't need Ironheart as yep. like to help you out. You should be able to take on Namor and kick some ass on your own. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think you could have introduced Riri Williams in this movie and had sure. her and had her help out and like maybe help make improvements to the, the the Black Panther suit and all that kind of stuff. But to have the full sort of like origin arc of Ironheart in this movie was just like totally unnecessary and totally like like yeah, like you said, I think it undermines the the, the main story of Shuri like, you know, being the Black Panther and her skill set and all that. Um yeah, I think it really undercut that. And there was really just no space for it. And you no. felt it because I felt like all the Ironheart stuff was very underserved. Like, yeah, it was. We only saw the suit for like five seconds. <laughs> yeah. It was really underserved. Yeah. I think, it, yeah, it was a – sorry, go ahead. No, no, I just – it's 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 underserved. And it's kind of one of those where I go, that's the best you could do to intro that character? Right. Because like, it's also doing disservice to Ironheart as a character as well. Yeah, because I still, after this whole movie, I still really don't have a sense of, like, who she is as a character. Besides or why just, I like, should care. Yeah, or why I should care. Like, what makes her, like, special? Like, what makes her an interesting character? Like, none of that is explored. Because there's just no time to in this She's movie. She's a wisecracking, like, 20-something or, like, teenager that goes to yeah. MIT. And she just quip. She's quippy the entire time. And it's like, well, yeah. this, this mm-hmm. isn't. I'm sure that's what she is in the comic books. But, like, come on, man. <laughs> yeah and and Put i a little effort like, to it yeah yeah totally like and i think dramatically to like it just kind of in a movie like this that is a very dour kind of like serious movie dealing with grief and loss you do need some comedic relief uh and but mm-hmm. i think we had enough of that built into some of the other characters we're familiar with than to like to then to like warrant Going on this like road trip romp of well, finding re You have the, you have the comedy with Shuri and Okoye. Yeah, Shuri like, Okoye with, Mbaku is always comedic yes, when he shows he's up. Always hilarious. Yeah, um, I feel like there's enough of that that you don't need this like kind of road trip kind of. Yeah, it, it just felt very like. Well, this is a different. This is like a different thing now. You know what I mean? Yeah, but <laughs> the what Namor's this also doing. still shoehorned in there somehow. Yeah. So, like, I thought Namor, in terms of, like, I, I, I thought that the execution of the Namor character 
was fine. There were some things yeah. I thought that could have been better. Um, I think uh, <laughs> the main thing for me was I felt like, and and this is maybe I don't know if this was like a direction issue or something like that, but I feel like for the way they characterize Namor as this person who is protecting something to him that is so precious that he's willing to literally kill anyone to preserve it. Right. I think there needed to be a little bit more, a little bit better of a, of a visualization of what he's protecting than what we got. Yeah. Cause he says mm-hmm. he has so many people and he's yeah. got this massive city, like in this army at his command. He's like, I have more people than you can possibly fathom. Show mm-hmm. me. Yeah, because what and if I he's saw was lying, because this- if he is lying, yeah. then we ha- then that has to be made clear to us emotionally. Like right. we have to be clear that like when Shuri finally goes down there and sees what it is, because I thought that that's what they were. So here's the version of 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 Namor that I thought we were going to get. Okay, I thought we were going to get basically the same character, but and he he basically he's this like super zealous. Like I've experienced trauma where my people were all, all almost wiped out, so I'm going to protect every ounce of, of, of that I can of my of my people and my civilization at any cost. Mm-hmm. He's that character still, but what he's protecting isn't gigantic and robust and amazing and fantastic. It's actually the opposite. Like it's a small band of like people who live a very simplistic, meager experience who are just happy to be alive. And he uses sort of his powers and the lies of like, I have this giant robust army and like, and he uses that like I'm a fierce warrior type thing as like a front and a defense mechanism to protect something he knows is very small and dear and fragile. But it kind of, the movie kind of, doesn't ever fully like full throated go for that, and right. it doesn't make that obvious, and it kind of just leaves it ambiguous. Like, what is there a giant army? Like, I don't really know. Yeah, he. You says know what that, I mean? But we never see him in like a giant. Like, yeah, there's the throne room thing, but I need to see larger than just the throne room full right. of people. Like, I need to mm-hmm. see an entire Atlantis style city because I thought what we were gonna get was like an entire like Atlantis style city, like a Mayan, like an Aztec or Mayan temple complex. That like was sprawling on the sea floor, right? Right. We were gonna see mm-hmm. people living in harmony with like underwater people living in harmony with underwater animals and like taming squids or something like that, and like yeah. you know like, all of that kind of thing. And we got none of it. It was just like this tiny little town that was at the bottom of the ocean with an artificial sun, and yeah. it, it didn't really tell the scope of the or the scale of the city or like. Truthfully, we didn't really see we didn't really see his power set all that much. Yeah. It's just and, like, and ooh, he's strong yeah. and he has vibranium. He yeah. Can fly. And and I yeah, that's why I think it would have been much more interesting if like it was a scenario kind of like like almost the village kind of where like the people in Atlant or Talokan, not Atlantis, in Talokan don't really have a concept of what the outside world is like because he's protected them from it and he uses his abilities and his lies about how many people there are down there and stuff like that to like protect them from outsiders um but and they're really like he's really protecting like a small 
like enclave of people that is like really fragile. I think that would have been very interesting. I that think it would have added a yeah. a moral layer to the character that would have been very interesting for him to yeah, play. Yeah, because if he's just this empire like in control of an empire and he's protecting an empire, that that doesn't read as like as mm-hmm well as him being like well these are my people and there's only a limited amount of us and i can't right. let them die like we're dying and i yeah, can't let kind of like move. they wanted it both ways <laughs> yeah they <laughs> like, did. It can't really be both no it can't <laughs> and i have a question so that artificial sun thing uh, uh, i couldn't really tell what it was i remember looking at it i'm like what are we supposed to be looking at because it's all kind of murky what was that just a light bulb oh <laughs> <laughs> was it supposed to be like a uh like some kind of like um uh was it some kind of easter egg to something like was that like the head Dude, of a I have no idea. Was like, it like I some part d- of a celestial or something? I don't know. I don't, who knows at this point. Okay. He just says he brought the sun to his people, I think. Yeah, I'm like what does that mean? They don't know. <laughs> It's so ambiguous. We we you could take time like you don't need to and say amphibious. that. Amphibious. Just be uh, like, yeah, we can see people underwater. We can see underwater, like in the depths. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's so yeah, it is weird. Like, why do they need a light source? We um, have dark vision. All right. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. It's uh. Yeah, that part was like sort of the um. The, yeah, some of the elements of like. The visual, like the the the, I don't know what the word is, but I guess the the visualization or the sort of the uh, the real actualization, or mm-hmm. I don't know what the word is, but the uh, the, the bringing to yeah the 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 bringing to the bringing to the bringing tization the bringing <laughs> to life of of Talo Khan was I think the the weakest part of Namor's whole deal. Because I think any anytime he's just being a villain and in fight scenes and like showing up in Wakanda, he's great. Oh, he's um, amazing. Very yeah, but anytime, anytime we were in Talo Khan, I was just like, I don't, I don't really understand this. Well, um, it's it's hard because we see such a vibrant place setting in Wakanda, right? Right. Like mm-hmm. we see all of the people and the vibrancy of Wakanda and the people celebrating, even through T'Challa's funeral. It's still like a celebration, you know. Mm-hmm. And so you see the vibrancy of that, and then we go underwater, and there's just nothing. And I'm like, yeah. why would you fight for this? It's just mud yeah. and a bull and a light bulb at the bottom of the ocean. Yeah, which is and, why they should have made that the point. You know what I mean? Yeah, like exactly. Like, look, and then that could have been a part of his character where he's like, that's part of the reasons he judges Wakanda so harshly. Is like, you guys have everything. Yeah. Like, this is what my society should be. And yet your society is not as protected as mine. Like you guys are failing at your job. Like yeah. that should be his motivation. You know what I mean? Like you guys don't deserve show, all of this. Yeah, you should know be what I mean? trying to show Angela Bassett and Shuri that it's like you can be so much more and you're wasting your opportunity to rule this planet. Yeah. If let only you were just a ruthless you. killer like me. Yeah. Let me come <laughs> alongside you say. and show you how it's done. Exactly. You know, that should have been his and, motivation. And then you have the push pull of like, well, I don't want to be like you. It's like, well, why not? I can make you successful. Mm-hmm. It's like that's not what I'm looking to do. That probably would have been more of his motivation if uh, the, the 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 like Chadwick Boseman version yeah. of the script had gone through. Because I uh, according to Ryan Coogler, Namor was always the villain. Going to be the villain. Uh, oh, cool. And, yeah, and he was always going to be the villain. And he said, honestly, Ryan Coogler was like, he said audiences would probably be surprised at how much of the original script is in this movie. Oh, cool. Um. 
which doesn't surprise me. I could totally yeah. see Ironheart always being a part of this because I think that if if you didn't have to deal with the weight, if you remove having to deal with the loss of T'Challa and Chadwick Boseman from this movie, a lot of the there's a lot more room all of a sudden for a lot of these other elements right. that I think would have played fine. Yeah, I um, agree. but because you're having to do, dedicate so much of the movie's runtime to dealing with T'Challa, and rightfully so, I think that's what the movie should be. Um, you don't really have time for all these other storylines that they're trying to do, and even the even the Namor stuff, I think, is, is it could have been executed better, and probably would have been if it didn't have to deal with the the, the T'Challa stuff so much. You know what yeah, I mean? I agree. I think that yeah, if, you know, because then you could have Shuri go on a little. Well, then you have Shuri being abducted by Namor, and then you could have Black Panther right. save her, and then mm-hmm. you've got uh, – suddenly there's more agency to the Black Panther character instead of us having a loss and grief movie that basically ends up with 20 minutes of Black Panther at the end. Right. Yeah, I think it probably would have been a thing where um, Riri, Williams, Riri Williams is uh, – I think that was always going to be a part of this. Like she gets abducted or whatever. And I think it would have been a disagreement between Shuri and T'Challa about whether or not to go save her. Right. Um, it would have, T'Challa would have been like, no, we don't, we don't owe this girl anything. Like the, if this will prevent a war, then let him have her. Like he would have been basically doing the M'Baku thing. Yeah. Like it, basically taking M'Baku's stance, which is like, Hey man, this is not our problem type situation. And Shuri would be like, no, come on, man. Like that's, yeah. you know what I mean? We can't, uh, we have to help her. Like we can't just let yeah. them kill her. And then I think Shuri would have went in after him on her own, and then that would have, you know, yeah, uh, probably been the thing. But um, yeah, uh, I so I loved uh, I love Namor, I love Tinoc Huerta's uh, performance. I thought he was great. Um, I loved the way they visualized his power set. Like I loved, I thought the wings were great. I love oh, the way he so moved. Good. Yeah, I think it. Uh, yeah, I loved the fact that like. The way he moves is kind of like, yeah, he's flying, but when he's like darting across, it's almost like he's running, which I thought yep. was really cool. Um, I like his backstory. Yeah. Yes, that he's just I think the ages slowly, and he's been around mm-hmm. since like the you know the Spanish conquistadors. Yeah, he's a mutant. I loved that. That like he he like yes, his people were turned blue because of like the 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 herb that was growing out of vibranium underwater. But like he was a mutant. Like the the fact that he ages slow and like his ears and his wings, all of that were like his mutant abilities. Mm-hmm. Um and I thought that was like a cool a cool element to it. Um the first I I think that technically makes him the first mutant in the MCU. Uh Ms. Marvel. Oh, true. True. Yeah. Yeah. Not Captain, yes. but Ms. Marvel. Mm-hmm. Is uh, yes. that's the first technically True. the first mutant that even though she's True. not a mutant in the comics mm-hmm. I guess but yeah I don't know yes. don't quote me on that I'm not super familiar yeah. with her power set I yeah. just know her from uh, the video game and it wasn't good right um yeah so uh yeah he uh, I guess chronologically this probably makes him the first uh, yeah. mutant though well the He's first running. I think the first like official pure clean a hundred percent mutant labeled mutant I think Namor yeah. is is the first for one. sure yeah. Um, so I thought that was good. I, I did not expect them to kill uh, Angela Bassett. I did not either. That I did was, not see that coming at all. I was like, wow, the, we are really swinging for the fences on the grief and loss thing here. Yeah. Um, if 
if if T'Challa in the original version of this, if T'Challa was around, I think that death would have I would have seen it coming a little bit more. Yeah, because you need too. someone to die. You yep. know what I mean? Yep. <laughs> I did not expect them to kill her in the wake of of Chadwick Boseman's death. That was no. a, bold, a bold move, I think. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, I think you they could have gone either way because I don't think the movie needed her death. Um, because and this is going to get us into our Shuri conversation because there's a couple things bones I have to pick with Shuri, but. I don't think the movie needed like I don't think Shuri as a character needed her mom to die. I don't think the movie needed no. um Angela Bassett to die. It was that being of, said though, it, it was ahead. an impactful death. Yes. Yet it was, That's yet, what I was say. yet it was a point, pointless one. Yeah, it was a death that didn't need to happen, but it does add drama to the movie right. for sure. Um now let's get into Shuri. Um I so once the the sort of the final trailer started to come out, it was all but clear that Shuri was taking up the Black Panther mm-hmm. mantle. Um, that 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 being said, I didn't know if other people were going to do it also. But um, it turns out that Shuri is the only person that takes up the mantle, and she uh, does so after fabricating a um, a synthetic version of the heart shaped herb uh, that uh, she was working on to try to save T'Challa, mm-hmm. uh, but it, it she couldn't crack the code in time, and, and it wasn't until she got the sample of the herb from Talokan from yeah. Atlantis that she was able to map the genome and like make the, the version of it, um, which I thought would have been interesting if um, their herb uh, interacted with her differently. Like the, mm-hmm. like it like gave her a different, like somehow made the skill sets a little bit different. I get why there's, I mean, there's just not enough time to do that, but I thought it would have been an interesting thing. Yeah. Um, um, like, does she age slow now? No, um, <laughs> no. But I thought that that was uh, I thought that was a, a neat thing that she got like there. I I think it's also cool that like vibranium has the potential to grow magical herbs wherever it lands. Uh-huh. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, that idea is interesting because who knows how many vibranium uh, deposits are around the world? How many secret um, vibranium deposits have like yeah. ushered out supervillains or superheroes? Yeah, perhaps there was one that landed in Latveria, perhaps. Maybe. Um uh yeah, uh so with Shuri, I enjoyed uh her Black Panther suit. I thought it was great. I love the sonic cannon things on her arms. I love all of that. I had an issue with her um motivation as the character. Um Shuri, first and foremost, strikes me as someone who is very pragmatic, very Mm -hmm. smart, very rational. Um, I think she would have understood the need for... To me, so basically the arc that she goes on, as I understand it, is she but because of the death because of the inability for the traditions and the you know the fanfare and all of the stuff uh, the religion and all the zealotry and all that stuff that Wakanda is known for in their culture failed to protect the mightiest among them being her mom and her brother mm-hmm. i think she's supposed to go from a person who like doesn't believe in any of that anymore to someone who's like willing to put on the suit and be the symbol of hope for everyone um that's like the arc at least for that time being, I don't think she want the character wants to do it forever, but she understands the like the importance of it. I I did not buy. I'm 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 being charitable when I when I give that to the movie because I don't think her motive or her motivation was made clear much throughout the movie because I don't think we spent enough time with her. No. Um. 
And so, like, she's clearly very, like, um, jaded and kind of, like, mad that her brother is dead. But it's never really funneled into, like, a motivation for why she's doing any of the things that she's doing or why she won't do any of the things that she's not doing. Right. Um, that's never really... That's never really a point of tension between her and other characters. She kind right. of internalizes everything and like we don't and so we're kind of just left to like guess what she's feeling a lot of times and I think that doesn't really do a lot to serve her character. Um I think you could have had cuz there's no one really pushing for her I think it's an it's weird in this movie that no, everyone is just like so Chadwick Bo- uh, T'Challa dies from an illness and no one is like okay so what do we do about Black Panther now it's kind right. of just like well the Black Panther's dead but like the father died and it was like immediately okay what happens next and it's like oh T'Challa like right. but it didn't seem like like it seemed like once T'Challa died it was kind of like well the Black Panther's dead now so <laughs> But wait, is that how it works? And there's no, like, background given to, like... Because they could have said that, oh, you know, once the male... Once the last male member of the lineage dies, then there is no Black Panther anymore. Okay, fine. See, throw that line in there. Then, I, yeah. then I'm like, okay, cool. Then I believe it. But this whole... Yeah, like, I get it. But there was no succession planning? There was, Yeah, there was none of that, which is, I think, is very weird for a society that's as put together as Wakanda is. Right. Like, they would have had a plan for this. Like, there would have been a line of succession that goes down hundreds of people, probably. You know oh, what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And the fact that there wasn't, and it wasn't, it didn't even seem to really be addressed was weird. <laughs> yeah. It's like no one w- had time to have a conversation about, well, what do we do about that superhero that we always have, you know? Well, I also think it would have been interesting to, I mean, it would have been another thing, too, if, if Shuri was, like, constantly, if Angela Bassett was like, you need to do, mm-hmm. you need to be the Black Panther, you need to be the Black Panther, and Letitia Wright was like, no, I don't want to be. But there's nothing about that. Yeah. It's just like, the Black Panther will be waiting for you whenever you want it. Right. And uh, yeah, and it just seems like it's so obvious that they need a Black Panther, especially when Namor shows up, that it's like, Mm -hmm. why is nobody talking about the fact that we need uh, someone needs to put on that? Why are we not putting M'Baku in the suit? (laughs) Right. And I I guess if you need someone to fill in. Yeah, I guess the logic is that, well, there's no more heart shaped herbs. So like we can't be the Black Panther. But that's never said, first of all. Right. And and two, the, I mean, we've shown Shuri to be capable of um, highly capable when it comes to like suits and nanotechnology and all that kind of stuff. You don't necessarily need the heart shaped herb. I mean, no. she can create a really powerful, you know, Black Panther sort of like tech based suit that would be just as efficient against enemies than like being a super soldier. You know what I right. mean? Look, if Tony and Stark can that, make one, you can too. Right, right. And I th- and I think that was would have probably been more the idea with uh, sort of the Riri Williams character. But, like, there was just – the movie is more about Shuri's journey to the Black Panther. But it just doesn't make sense as to why it takes her so long to get there. Like, why does it <laughs> – like, I feel like if she had uh, – 
Yeah, I just feel like there was there was more layers to the storytelling, specifically with Shuri's story, that I think needed to be there for it to be as effective as it was supposed mm-hmm. to be. And I feel like some a lot of those pieces were just missing because they were trying to do so much. You know? Yeah, I agree. Um, but um, I will say uh, I liked the way she looked in the suit. I loved the silhouette. Mm-hmm. I loved the way um, the Black Panther moved with a more feminine physique. Like yep. I, I thought that was great. Um, they 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 like had her, you know, when when it goes full CG, sort of like full suit on Black Panther mode. It is a difference in fighting style and movement yep. style between her and and um, T'Challa, which I thought was really cool. Um, I loved the thing on the side of the boat. I thought that was really cool. That little sequence where she like is yeah. crawling on the side of the boat, and, like yeah. taking out all the enemies. I thought that was Super really cool. cool. Yeah. No, the armor, the suit's really really cool. The power set that it gives her is is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, but I agree with pretty much everything that you've said. It's and it's it's also dramatically weird too that like so the heart-shaped herb so like it, the movie opens with a cold open which most of these are uh, Marvel movies don't do. But it opens with a cold open of her like frantically trying to figure out this genetic sequence for the heart-shaped herb to save T'Challa's life. Right. Um and he dies off-screen while she's trying to do this. Um so her failure to like create a new heart-shaped herb in time is like it kind of like it kind of haunts her and mm-hmm. and part of her feels like it's her fault that she couldn't save T'Challa. So in my mind as a storyteller when she, at the end of this movie when she decides to become the Black Panther it she should do it regardless of whether or not the heart-shaped herb has been synthesized. Right, I like, agree. To, to me, thematically, it she should realize, like, you know, the heart-shaped herb is representative of tradition and the old ways of doing things. And it's also, to be frank, it's like it represents a, a weird form of, like, hierarchy and, and, frankly, patriarchy to where it's like it makes it like a... It makes the Black Panther into, like, a chosen one type scenario right. and, only in like, a, kind of an elitist thing. And I could see, like, so to me, she should be like, no, the Black Panther is bigger than all of that. It's bigger than the, the, the tradition. It's bigger than that stupid herb. It's, it's more so about a per, someone from Wakanda standing up and realizing that Wakanda is worth fighting for and deciding to take on that mantle to be the symbol of hope and the protector of the city, regardless of whether they're the chosen one or they have some special plant or not. That's what... The movie should have been, and then at the end of the in the third act, when they like when she decides to become yeah. Black Panther, the suit is mechanized, and it's and it's a product of her working with Riri Williams. You know what I mean? Like to create something that's like a new f- way to do the Black Panther. To me, that's what the movie should have been. But no, it's about her like going and getting another version of the heart shaped herb, and just being like, oh. I'm glad this exists. Well, I'll yeah. I'll just use this one then. Fixed and it, it just seemed to kind of cheapen it, you know? Yeah, totally. Yeah, it yeah, it cheapens the moment when she rises up and becomes Black Panther. It's like, no, you should yeah. want to do that even without the heart-shaped herb. Like that should yep. be your motivation is to be the Black Panther. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I that's agree. what she and, and she should have told that to I mean, spoiler, I mean, it's really late for spoilers. But when she has yeah. the face-to-face in the ancestral plane with uh Killmonger, yeah. That could have been like a like a like a, a you know a fuck you line to him basically where it's like like 
you, you were like you were right and you were wrong about the Black Panther. Like you were like he's right in the sense that like tradition and like the way that Wakanda has traditionally been and has operated has not served everyone in Wakanda. You right. know what I mean? It served the people in power in Wakanda and it served the people who are lucky enough to still be there. But for people like me who are, you know, of Wakanda but don't live there, it hasn't served me at all. Therefore, we need to, like, do something about that. He was right about that. He was yeah. wrong about burning it all to the ground. Yeah, exactly. But, <laughs> but he, was, he was right about that and her line to him could have been, hey, man, like, you were right about changing tradition, but you were wrong about the fact that we should throw the baby out with the bathwater. Wakanda needs its hero. It just needs a different hero. It needs, yeah. it needs a hero that's not bound by tradition. So keep your herb. Like, I'm glad you burned all that, but uh, I'm going to do it my way. Like, that should have been... I mean, that's what I would have done. Yeah, I, and um, I agree. But, and, I think that's, yeah. and I think that would have better served the movie. Um, it would have made... It, it, iron, it irons out the wrinkles, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's basically all our conversations are about these movies is how do we iron out the wrinkles because they're not mm-hmm. they're not bad movies necessarily right. like even the mm-hmm. bad movies are still pretty good movies but it's mm-hmm. just there's just certain like how do you how do you iron out the wrinkles and like make it make it smooth you know and yeah. you know and 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 granted they had a they had a really hard they had a really hard task set ahead of them with the death of Chadwick Boseman and just yes. the, and and how do you you know, and how do you how do you make a movie while you're also getting over your own sense of loss and grief and like going through your own stuff <laughs> right, and making sure right. that, you know what I mean? Because it's like yeah, he was totally. friends with all these people. Like he was a huge part of this. He was the leader of the group, and then it's like, and then he dies. So it's like you're yeah. you're having to make this movie about the death of a fake character, but it's about the death of your real friend. And how yes. do you? You know, how and let me be let me be that? clear. Let me be clear about this. The movie. A lot was asked of, of this movie because of circumstances largely outside of the control of the people who made it. And in terms of what this movie is being asked to do, I think the fact that the movie is as enjoyable and watchable as it is, is a true testament to everyone involved. Because the movie should be a dumpster fire. Oh, yeah. In terms of like how much it's being asked to do and like all of the different things it's being asked to manage and like all yeah. the, like the plates it's being asked to spin. Uh, the movie is still endlessly watchable. The performances are great. Like it strings together as a successful movie, but like obviously it's going to suffer under some of the weight of what it's being asked to do. But in the hands of like lesser filmmakers, the movie would have been unwatchable. Oh, yeah, it would have been a disaster. Because there are Marvel movies with far less going on that are far less successful than this movie. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Eternals. Like this movie, I'll take five of these before I watch another Eternals movie. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Totally. Yeah. Totally. Like, and it Eternals, wasn't perfect, but yeah, it wasn't no. bad. It was great. Yes, exactly. Um, so, yeah, man, uh, I enjoyed it. Um, is there a, was what was the post-credits? You remember? Oh, what was the post-credits? I can't remember. I'm going to look it up. <laughs> yeah, just we can talk about that and we can get out of here. Because um, I don't think I have any other thoughts really on the movie. Um, what was the post-credits? I'm trying to remember. Um, post credits, post credits, post credits. Here we go. Okay, hit me. Sorry, I got to read through the. Let's talk about the movie before we talk about the end credits scene. Yeah, scene. Um.
Okay, here we go. Okay, so tell me what it is, Collider. <laughs> what was the scene? I can't believe I'm not remembering this. Oh, it was um it was Shuri goes to Haiti. That's right. She goes to Haiti and she meets T'Challa's son. See, I thought that that was at the tail end of the movie. Right. As it opposed does feel to like the, it. the yeah. post-credit scene. But yeah, mm-hmm. that... Okay, yeah, that was sweet. Yeah, she goes to Haiti where um, uh, Lupita Nyong'o's character uh, has been for the past however many years because um, she hasn't been in Wakanda. And basically, this scene serves two purposes. It serves the purpose of Shuri finally gets a moment to like truly grieve uh Chadwick Boseman and T'Challa's death like because she kind of hasn't really dealt with it in in a healthy way thus far throughout the movie no she's so she finally working. gets a moment yes exactly so she finally gets a moment to breathe cry burn her funeral robes as is tradition um when you finally finish the grieving process and then uh Lupita comes out and says hey you know I this is what I've been doing for the past however many years she's been raising her and T'Challa's secret child that only I as far as we know only the queen and like a handful of other people knew about right. probably Mbaku maybe like some of the other leaders of like the the different tribes in Wakanda well, I don't know if Mbaku uh, would know you don't think so well he knew know. that Chadwick Boseman was dying or T'Challa was dying because T'Challa asked uh him to watch over Shuri, like on his deathbed. Sure, or no, 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 and I get that, but I don't know. I don't know how many people would know that. It seemed to me yeah, about what the, the secret of the child was was that it was like Lupita Nyong'o, Shuri, Angela Bassett, and T'Challa knew. Mm-hmm. That's what I would imagine because he's the secret gotcha. son, right? That's what mm-hmm. I would imagine it is. Um, that's just that's to my brain. That's what made the most sense. Yeah, but, no, that makes know, sense whatever. to me. Yeah, no, that makes total sense to me. Um, and so, yeah, this uh, this gives. Disney a little bit of wiggle room in terms of what they want to do with the the Black Panther character in the future because from the from a character perspective I don't think Shuri wants to be the Black Panther I don't think Letitia Wright wants to be the Black Panther I don't think so um so they're giving themselves uh, a little bit of wiggle room because the kid that they cast is like it kind of he's kind of like his age is a little bit ambiguous You're, it is he's ambiguous. definitely older than like five years old but like is he twelve. Is yeah. he 10? You know what I mean? Is he 13? We don't really know how old this kid is. He's definitely not like a teenager teenager. He's no, definitely no, no. not 15. No, but he's, like, still, he's like, he might be preteen. Yeah, he could be anywhere from like 9 years old to like 12, 13 years old. Um, and I think they're giving themselves some wiggle room in terms of what they want to do with the character. Because um, I think they definitely want to have a Black Panther going forward. They need to have a Black Panther going forward. They do. And I think they're giving themselves the option of um of of who to make that who to make the Black Panther in the future. Um because they could age this kid up next time we see a Black Panther movie. There's a lot of different options they could go. They could do a young T'Challa, um like a teenage T'Challa when they do the young Avengers. They could do a lot of different things with this character. Yeah. Um but yeah. Um I like it. Yeah, I like it too. Uh, any other thoughts about the movie before we get out of here? No, super good. Um, really enjoyed it. Uh, like I said, it was asked to do a lot, and it did. Mm-hmm. It 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 got it all done. Was it successful at all times? No, but overall, I would count this up, chalk this up as another successful entry in the Marvel, you know, MCU. Me too. My thoughts exactly. Um, Derek, I'm assuming people can still find you on the internet. Yes, you can. I'm around. 
<laughs> All right. Uh, you can find me on the internet as well at Asan the DJ uh, on social media. You can find episodes of this podcast wherever you find your podcast and at weeklyregular.com. Um, yeah. Derek, thanks again for, excuse me, man. Derek, thanks again for joining me this week, and we will see y'all next week. <laughs>